praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. We need to give God a hand praise for that wonderful demonstration. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you were convicted. <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you, Cherie. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And when I get into the message, you're going to see how all of worship is all inclusive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory. Hallelujah. Um, mm, I am excited about our master. Not about any kind of special event. Not about something that's going to going to happen. I'm just excited about who I serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So I'm going to open up with prayer and get right into this. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, prepare us to be a sanctuary tried and true who you can work through take away our stony hearts give us hearts of flesh again fill up the vacant spots with your word to take root that is firmly planted and grounded then weed out the thorns for your word today to bring increase in our hearts and our minds to bring a hundredfold fruit in our life. Father, I come with an earnest expectation and I'm thanking you in advance for a harvest of souls. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see so when I speak, Master, it will be those things that you want me to say. Awaken our souls, open our hearts, free our minds to hold on to the word that you have prepared for us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, and praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Okay, um, the uh, theme scripture we're going to use today is coming out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And the um, main focus verses will be from 8 through 11, but I'm going to read from 8 through 18, and all of it is rich and good, okay? So we're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. And beginning with verse 8, and it says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distress. Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Hallelujah. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body of the dying 
of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Oh, if you are not dying in Jesus, then the new life cannot be manifested. Glory. We had a taste of that. For which we live are always delivered. Always. It never is never ending. He didn't say always. Always. Delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians church. We have the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later, because that's when the Holy Spirit shows up. Glory. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Now remember, this is Paul speaking to the church, and it's, a, it's like a testimony. Okay, so y'all stay with me because you were shouting at the beginning. <laughs> He says, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Because the death that we're dying is to the outward person, so that the new person, the inward person that Jesus changed at our new birth can continually be renewed day by day. That's the whole intent of our salvation. Amen? Amen. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and e eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. Amen. Now, the Lord has a way of letting us go through some hard days. Another term is through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> the problem is not the shadow. It's the valley. <laughs> okay. But once we come through, we feel better than before. We went into the valley or had to go to the valley. You know, when we come out of that experience, it leaves you with a faint memory of the pain of the valley that you were in. But you have much gratitude and thankfulness for his grace that was sufficient to bring you through to see the other side of the valley, at which point you realize God had me all the time. And he had everything in his hand all the time. Amen. We focus too much on the valley. And, and the things that we're facing 
as if we don't have a savior, as if we don't have a way of escape out, as if he does not even exist. Why? Because just like Cherie was showing us, we were too, too dependent on man, too dependent on our own way of things without recognizing you've been bought with a price. You are not your own any longer. And that price was with the blood of Jesus Christ. So you don't own yourself. Amen. Now, it isn't easy at the time that you're going through, for it takes much prayer, tears, and trust in God. As he at the same time has assigned intercessors on your behalf. And those intercessors are keeping your arms uplifted like Aaron did Moses. Now, for you unchurched folks, because you're, you're, you know, you're new in the belief or you're not consistent with your coming, let me help you to understand this, okay? When we're going through, God says, I got you. And I know the plans that I have for you. Okay. And they're not going to default, but you just need to rest in me because I have assigned people who don't even know why they're praying the way they're praying. But I have assigned them to pray for this cause to keep my angels on duty to do what I'm directing them to do by the words that they pray when they pray because they are praying the word of God and not the soulless prayers that you are facing and suffering and want to pray because you don't know your way out. Okay, y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. That's a little too deep for you to get that, but you need to ask God, help me to receive because it's far greater than what you're suffering. Because God is in charge. You got to experience that. But the only way that you can experience it is to put your trust in God. See, when you put your trust in God, he keeps you from moving. He keeps you from saying things that's going to hold back due season. He keeps you still and quiet when you don't know what's going on and you're not feeling good about it, but God, okay, I I, I won't go, I won't go. I'm just going to stay here. I don't want to trust what you're telling me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. See, Paul is the perfect candidate to talk this talk. We think we've had some problems, but Paul was having a real problem. And guess what? At the time that he's talking this talk was doing a very trying time for him. Amen. Okay. Let's let let's let's go back and kind of like dissect this for a little bit, okay? He says, um, we are troubled on every side. Yeah. It means yeah. hard press. Yeah. 
We are hard pressed on every side. Yeah. You, you know where you don't know, you don't, yeah. you can't see. Yeah. Uh, you, you just like, well, and you want to give up? He says, and, and we are uh, distressed. That's crushed. <laughs> we are crushed. And I, and I know some of you feel like that right now. Okay? He says, we are perplexed. But guess what? Because he says, but not in despair. Because even being hard-pressed, crushed, because of who we know, we always have the confidence of a victory that's coming. And there will never be an utter loss. You may feel like that right now, but if you put your eyes on the man Right now, uh, I want y'all to put your eyes on the man right now. Cause stop looking at what's going on on the other side of this church. That's 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 our issue. God showed up today yes. through the Holy Spirit, yes. and He has a word for you yes. because He already knew what hell you would have gone through before you got here. Yes. He already knew how people were going to respond to whatever you had to say before you the day even arrived. And yet he had prepared a table before you for you to dine. And he says, because I got you, no matter how it feels and what you're going through, there you will not have an utter loss. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He says, you're persecuted but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, persecuted. You've been pursued, but not actually caught. Glory. Okay. And, and, and not, de- not destroyed. It's at times we are knocked down, but not knocked out. Amen. Because when you are knocked down, you can get back up. It's when you're knocked out, They got to bring you back to life. Hallelujah. But we are not knocked out. Praise the Lord. And he says, always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus. But the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. Why? Because we have the victory through the cross. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ and his blood that was shed then we are dying to the things that seems to affect us emotionally. But can't destroy us unless we give it the will, the permission to destroy. Y'all help me, Holy Ghost. Y'all not getting this. Satan will do whatever he wants to do to try to get you disturbed, depressed, oppressed, destroyed, perplexed, utterly to fall. Okay, that's his job. But you don't belong to him. 
And since you don't belong to him, when he's doing these things, he is in illegal territory. And when you're somewhere where you're not supposed to be, you can be evicted. You can be put out. But, but if, uh, if some stranger come to my house and, and they're not looking right and, and you think I'm going to let them come in and just invade my premises and my privacy and tell me what I need to do in my house and you don't own the house? Uh-huh. And you don't own the house? Amen. Satan don't own nothing. And when we allow him to have his way, he takes possession of you. And you let him in. You say, come on in. Sit down. You want some coffee? No. When that happens, you got to fight the good fight of faith. You got to tell him it's not happening here. I cast down vain imagination. I'm in control. I'm the strong man of this house, not you. You can't penetrate my presence because the spirit of the living God has me. I will not accept your lies. I will not accept your plan. I am a new creation in Christ. And the spirit of the living God houses me, has me, directs me, guides me, and comforts me. When you begin to talk to the forces, when they're coming against your mind, you may think it sounds crazy, but you better try to sound crazy to take, to let Satan know you don't have no power in here. You don't pay rent, and you didn't buy this property. So, get the hell out of here. Take you and all of your troubles with you. I'm standing for Christ. And in him, there is no sickness. In him, there is no disease. In him, there is no division. In him, there is no loss. In him, there are no lies. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has come to work the resurrected life in us that Jesus rose from the dead with. You didn't just get Jesus. You got everything that comes with him. You got everything that he has. He did not give you a partial package. He gave you the full bundle. And that means if he has resurrected life, so do you. If he has authority, so do you. Hallelujah, Jesus. And he says, I give it all to you. You inherit everything that I have. You've got to learn how to tap into it. Just speak it. That's all speaking. Jesus, I need. Jesus, I thank you. 
Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. You see, what we need to understand, we all have a stronghold, if not multiple strongholds. Okay? That is the result of being a human in this fallen world and being the ancestors of Adam and Eve. Okay? What is most important is first to acknowledge that you have a or many strongholds. See, that's where the problem is. Because we don't want to acknowledge that, we don't believe it and we don't accept it, we have to live with it. Your denial does not defeat it. Your denial is to keep you bound. But when you acknowledge and you seek God to show you what's in you, he will reveal to you the strongholds that you're battling with. And like I said, we all came into this world with strongholds. And after getting here, got some more. Okay? So once you acknowledge the strongholds, then second, you seek God for deliverance and stop pampering brokenness. What do I mean? Once you realize the root cause of what you got, and so while going down to find it out, it may result from a family situation, a family member, or something that happens to you. Okay, so now you know how it came about in order to fight it. Now, are you going to stay there forever, blaming, accusing, making excuses for your behavior? Because let me tell you, yes, the wrong may have been done, okay? But God gave you a free will. And that free will is to not let that wrong continue to work your mind to tell you who you are. Because now you have a choice to live outside of the consequences of that wrong. Or to live in it, always blaming, whining, complaining about what has been been done to you. God just wanted you to see so you know how to pray to fight against it, not to wallow in it. Once he opens your eyes to what caused this to even happen, because most of us don't know how we got the way we are. So once he opens our eyes and reveal it to us, now what he will do through the power of the Holy Spirit is to tell you how to pray to overcome it and to shake it off and cancel it and then cancel the curse so it don't go down on any other member of the family. That's your of choice. You make a decision. They don't make the decision for you. You let them when you fall into that pity party, patty, patty, whatever, y'all know what I'm saying, and and, and just always whining and complaining about what somebody's done, but when you step up and say, you don't control my life anymore, it's over, okay? That doesn't define who I am, and then begin to speak what God has to say concerning you. The Holy Spirit pulls you up out of that defeated mode and allow you to see you have life in that more abundantly. You have the ability to rise above the situation in any other situation and be a victor. Amen. 
You don't need nobody to feel sorry for you. You need somebody to help you pull you up out of that quicksand. To get a rope and pull you up out of the quicksand. That's what you need. You don't need nobody crying with you. Somebody got to be sane. So they can hear the Holy Spirit give the direction to get your butt about of where you are that's messed you up and want to hold you and keep you going in the direction that you're going in, which is called self-destruction. Oh, God, help me. Your brokenness don't entitle you to be pampered or that someone owes you something. For we owe God faithfulness and obedience. Focus on what you owe God and you'll forget about the mother Cushites. The chains of strongholds do not fall off right away because you desire for them to do so. It takes time. You didn't get bound in an instant. So those are some strongholds just like uh, this building of bricks Mm -hmm. that cement it together. They didn't build this up in in, in, you watching TV. They didn't build that up in an instant. It takes time to cement these bricks like that. That's how those strongholds became piled up on you. Okay? So it takes time, prayer, and trust in the Lord as well as long suffering. (laughs) Something we always want to escape. Okay? However, we cannot escape long suffering because it is used to improve our character. It is used to improve our character. So wait, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, for you shall reap in due season. Let's go over to that scripture, because there's a whole lot in that scripture in in, in Galatians 6. We got to learn how to uh, uh, celebrate Jesus even when we're feeling bad. See, and and I'm not telling you something that I don't experience. And and that's why I can say it so, because uh, I have just came out of a battle, okay, that I only won because I kept crying out to the right person. And I know God raised up people to intercede on my behalf. And and as a result of that, God began to give me a revelation of understanding that encouraged me, strengthened me, pulled me on up. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Jesus. Galatians 6. I'm going to read all of this, although all of it wasn't part of this, but you need to hear this. Galatians 6, beginning at verse 7. It says, be not deceived. God is not mock. For whatsoever a man soweth, <coughs> excuse me, that shall he also reap. Yeah. Now, you need to think about that because you can sow good stuff yeah. mm-hmm. or you can sow bad stuff. Amen. 
okay? Yeah. It don't matter which one it is. One thing you know for a fact, you're going to reap whatever was sown. Amen. So that's why we need to be conscious about yes. what we're sowing. Yes. Okay? Yep. He says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Right. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Yes. Yes. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Now, that well-doing is when there's nothing bad going on and there's nothing good going on. Yeah. You don't have nothing to report because ain't nothing happening. That's a good time. That's a reprieve time, really. Mm -hmm. But we're always looking to be excited. We, we need to get over that, because you're either going to be in the valley or on the, mount, or in, on the mountain. There's no in-between. Okay? So when we're in that well-doing time, we need to rest, breathe, ex exhale, and keep on trusting. Amen. He says... And let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. Now, the question that some of you may be asking, well, what is due season? I don't know what your season is because we all have a different season. Amen. And it also depends on what you've been planting. Amen. Because... Maybe you've been planning the wrong thing and you're going to miss the season. Amen. Or maybe you planted the right thing, but you fainted. Right. And you didn't water it. You didn't cultivate it. So when the due season comes, you're just going to miss. And now God's got to pull you back and start your planning all over again. <laughs> So this is why you need to be careful about what kind of gardening you're doing. What kind of farmer have you become? Because whether you realize it or not, when your eyes open up in the morning and you open your mouth, you start planting right then. You're either planting corruption or you're planning spiritual things. And if you don't put your mind on Christ, then we know what you're planning, right? Amen. Okay, this, this may not be one of them feel-good messages, but that's okay. Amen. Time is very important. And it is the consequences of making spontaneous and lustful decisions. The consequences for selfish and prideful behavior, all of which God was never invited in before you made the decision. Have you noticed when we, when we act out of those, those things, we never ask God nothing. You didn't add, oh God, come on in and help me with this mess. You, you didn't invite him in. You just acted, right? Amen. Okay. <laughs> there is a reverse side of time when you're doing good things. Now, when you're doing what is right and you have employed the Holy Spirit into your prayer and, and asking him about what you should or should not be doing, 
the reverse side of that, the time brings victory. And we have to wait on the Lord. Stop looking for microwave blessings. Wait on the Lord. Because like I said, in the waiting process, the reason we're having to wait is not that, that God want to punish us and prolong the time or that he's trying to make up his mind whether he wants to bless you or not or, or he's just too busy blessing me. He don't have time to bless you. No, what the time is is that he's working on you. He's working on your character so when he blesses you with this big blessing, you'll be able to handle it and still serve him. Because see, some of us get blessed and then forget all about him. You know, you get whatever you were looking for and now you don't even come to church anymore. Because you got it all going on. You don't pray anymore. Not seeking God to guide you in, in, in all of your ways. You, I got this one, God. All I need you to do is just to get me this or give me this person and, and I'm on my own now. <laughs> okay. And, and that's why God is working on us. So by the time he gets through with you, when you get your blessing, you'll hold on to it. Amen. You won't go backwards. Amen. You will go forward in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we must realize in order to open the path for our prayers to reach heaven, the airways must be cleared. Do y'all know who the prince of the air is? Yes. You come with a bad heart. You come with offenses. You come in the spirit of error to the Lord in prayer and see what happens. This is why I said you got to clear the airway so that your prayers are not hindered. And you do that by confessing and apologizing. When you awaken to the fact that you are out of order and you've been out of order, then you need to confess and apologize to clear the way so now your prayers can be heard from heaven. Okay, let's go over to a couple of scriptures that will support that so you don't think I just made it up. First Peter, if I don't ever get another chance, I'm going to speak this. <laughs> First Peter 3, I think I'm in the right scripture. Yeah, verse, verse, verse 7. And this is, a, this is a chapter that people who are not even born again know a few verses in here. And that is the one verse that says, Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands. Amen. Unbelievers know that. Okay, but it, if you keep on reading, verse 7 says, Likewise, you husband, do well with them, dwell with them according to knowledge. He's talking about your wives. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, that takes some wisdom because it mean, that means with understanding. 
And understanding means you're looking deeper than what you hear and from the outer part to really know who the person is that you're dwelling with. And since you don't know them, you're not dwelling. You're occupying. (laughs) According to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of, of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now, when it says of the weaker vessel, it does, it's not comparing strength to strength, but it's the fact that you're supposed to be the head, okay? But a spiritual head, not a tyrant from the world, but a spiritual head. So he says, when you don't do these things, now it's in the Bible, so don't be looking at me. He says, it's, it's expedient that you do these things so that your prayers be not hindered. That means that your prayers do not go up to the ceiling and fall back down. It needs to reach heaven. Okay? And uh, go to uh, 2 Chronicles 7. You, you, you see, when we've been around people and in places that we don't have no business, the enemy has his way, and he, he breaks up the peace and the harmony that you're supposed to have and see how things get out of order. Okay, that's been in the wrong, the wrong environment. But y'all focus on this word. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, now that says if, okay, and shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then will I hear from heaven. This is God talking. And will forgive their sin and will heal their land. He says, you want heaven to rain down blessings on earth, then the first thing that you do is you humble yourself. And when you're humbling yourself, it allows you to see your ways so that you can turn from the wicked ways and seek the face of God because he desires and he wants to bless the land. But our prayers can be hindered just because we simply go in vain to the Lord without first confessing, clearing the air, and repenting of our ways, and asking God to forgive us so that he can bless us. Amen. See, you, you have to realize that the devil works in darkness. Okay? Now, when we, when we say that, there is nighttime, there are dark places, and some of them in your heart that causes the heart to become evil, okay? And then there's that cloudy time, amen? Now, let me just ex- explain this. So it, I think it, it may help you uh, which, w- with your prayer life. And then I'm going to come back to something else that I just thought about I need to share with this confession and repentance. This is why 
morning glory prayer is scheduled before the light of the day. First of all, the main reason is because God gave me some instructions because he knew we didn't know what we were doing. So he gave me instructions that I followed. Praise the Lord. Grace allowed me to obey that. But this is why morning glory prayer is scheduled before the light of the day. Because I just told you Satan operates in darkness. Okay? For we the intercessors to intersect Satan's plans by praying in the light of Jesus to shine out the darkness and take away Satan's plan for evil for God to work it for our good. Do y'all get that? And especially people who don't really understand prayer. And, and when you don't really understand prayer, that's why it's difficult for you to even commit to it. And I'm not talking about them one, two, three little prayers and, and bless my food, Father. Okay. Let me tell you, when you get there before daylight, you're canceling out his plans. And putting God's plans in force to go for your life. So you're actually prophesying over your day. Now that's providing that you're praying word prayers, not just some little soulless cute stuff. This is why we major in word prayer. People who don't understand may think it's elementary. And, and they can't pray any better than that. Well, yeah, we were praying the same way you were praying before we got wisdom. But when God gave us wisdom and gave us the word, and the more that you pray the word and is in the word, then the more it just surfaces up automatically out of your spirit so that you just know it by, because you have been practicing it. Amen. Amen. So... You are able to prophesy what your day is going to be like. Now, prophesying of your day, and I'm not talking about ministry work, because that is a privilege and a joy, and, and, and most of all, a great privilege. But I'm talking about to succeed in spiritual things, to do what is right in the sight of God, and, 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 and to, make, and to av avoid the plots and plans that Satan have set up for you, like maybe an accident, if any type, any kind of accident, any form or fashion, or a mishap or whatever, Satan doesn't want you to be successful because if, you're, if you are successful in your day as a spiritual person, a born again person, then God is glorified by your lifestyle. But if you're not, he's not glorified by your, by your living. It's his mercy is still operating, waiting for you, waiting for you to awaken to why you were put here on earth and make him number one in the priority of your life. Amen. So in order to succeed in doing these spiritual things, we must be first humble, faithful, and consistent. Consistency breaks the back of Satan. Not that one, one momentarily kind of thing. You ain't doing nothing. When he sees that you are consistently doing what you need to do, yeah. then he, you break his stronghold off of your life. Amen. You have to be on purpose up by planning, preparing, and organizing for prayer just as you would for any other thing that you feel is a priority in your life. Amen. Okay? Now, 
because we have the Holy Spirit, he will put that into your spirit and he will lead you and guide you. But you have to lean on him. And this is really what um, 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 Paul is talking about when we read the verses in Galatians. I mean, I'm so, sorry. First Corinthians four. If you read on to the end to 21. So let's let's go back there and I'm going to read that. But then we're going to going to kind of go with the clothes. But as you go in there, I was talking to my oldest daughter and she was reminding me about a, a, um, a, a very hard time struggle that she she was having. And the Lord told her to uh, to forgive. And she was like, why do I always have to be the one to forgive? And it was a hard thing to to forgive this about this situation. And she didn't want to do it. And and so she cried out to God in prayer, and this is what she said to the Lord that broke the stronghold of not forgiving off of her and also changed the situation that she was living in and the person. She says, Lord, I choose to forgive, but help my heart to match my confession. Isn't that good? Okay, I'm going to say it again. Lord, I choose to forgive, but help my heart to match my confession. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I thought, this is so good. She, she didn't know I was going to use that. This is so good. And, and, and then we were laughing because I said, now you know that that's the uh, precept of what I'm always uh, what I'm always teaching that if you choose to forgive it's not I feel it Amen. you make a choice to forgive and, and and you really want it the Holy Spirit will come in and work it into your heart that's the precept that that the Lord gave her to pray so that she can get above the situation and only God can cause you to rise above a situation when you've been deeply wounded to your soul. Amen. 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 But the good news is, like I said, he, you, he will have worked that forgiveness in your heart that even if you think about the situation, it does not affect you. Amen. And he will change the one who have wounded you Amen. and make them right. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and give you a whole new life as a result of that. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, so I was going to read the rest of these verses um, in chapter, what, in chapter 4? Okay, verses 16 on to um, 21. It says, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. This is, this is Paul. Let me make sure I'm in the right thing because I didn't sound it right. Yep, I am. For this cause have I sent unto you. No, this is not right. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me go back to the beginning. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 11. Okay, I wanted to, okay, go down from 9 to 13. That's what I wanted. Okay. Verse 9, 2 Corinthians 4. For I think that God hath set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were appointed to death, 
for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. That means because they've been called to do a ministry, to minister the word to the people, there's more is expected out of you. 1 Corinthians 4. Am I in the wrong book? Okay. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay. But I think that needed to be heard. You ministers, you teachers of the word, there's more expected out of you than out of the people. Okay. All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, because I had read from uh, 8 through 11, but I wanted to go on down to 18. So we really want to start uh, at verse 12. Okay? Okay, we're in the right book now. Praise the Lord. 12. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. So in other words, as God doing a thing in me, then it's working death in me so that I can learn and speak the life that I receive as a, as, as a point from dying. Yes. 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 Amen. <laughs> as as uh, 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 giving out the word, being a teacher and a shepherd of the word, as God is working death in me by me having to follow this word, I can't just teach it. Okay, but as he works death in me, then it's bringing life to you. Okay, all right, all right, thank you. <laughs> we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So what he's talking about, this is something that David has said in, 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 in some of the Psalms. And for the sake of time, I'll just give you some of the verses for you to go back and, and read where David uh, said, um, it's been revealed to me by the spirit. And so you come to believe because of the spirit and the spirit revealing it to you. And then when, you, when it's spoken, you come to believe because the spirit is revealing it to you. You got it? Okay. So that's where the spirit of faith shows up. Okay. Okay. I'm going to come back. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. When you receive what the spirit of the Lord is saying to you through you, through somebody else or just by your direct contact with the word, then I'm, I'm, when I say receive, I'm not talking about you. Just, you were just listening. You heard in your spirit and made a decision to operate according to that. We're not here to be spectators where we just sit here and hear some stuff to go through our ears, but it is not going in our spirits, so therefore change don't happen. It is not a miracle that just because you popped up that it's just going to happen. You're here to hear in your heart. With the intention that, Lord, I want to receive it and I want to become a doer of what I just heard. He says, 15, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the, thank might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. And it is grace that's working in us. See, when you say, I want to know, I want to receive, Lord, 
then the grace of God through the spirit of the living God worked an understanding in your heart so that you can understand it and it brings wisdom when you act on it. We won't just supernaturally just come down, Lord, and change. And he said, the supernatural is that you comprehend what I'm revealing to your heart so that you can apply it to your flesh and walk in it, and then you're walking in constant wisdom. He says, 16, for which cause we faint not. He's talking about the, uh, he and the, the leaders of the church. We faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Yeah. Although you see changes outwardly, physically, yeah. and, 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 and decay and decline physically, but our inward man is being renewed yeah. day yeah. by day yeah. by the spirit of the living God. Okay? Yeah. He says, for our light affliction... And what's happening on this side of heaven is just a light affliction. For that light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now, I don't feel like it at the time that is a moment, but get healed after, afterwards and look back on it. Which is but for a moment working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen, because there's no faith if you can see it. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen? Amen. Now, uh, referring back to verse 15, the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith we find in Psalms 1, and 16 and 10, that's when David was talking about how the Spirit had revealed some things to him that he was able to receive. So you can write those down. Those are chapters. Psalms 1, chapter 16, and chapter 10 are the same. Now the Holy Spirit names are designated by the effects he produces. And let me say this again. The Holy Spirit names are designated by the effects he produces. Okay, for example, the spirit of adoption. What did that mean? He saved us. He took us in and adopted us into his family. Uh, am I talking to believers? Uh, the scripture that support that is Romans 8, 15. The spirit of wisdom, that's another name. In Ephesians 1.17, and that you'll find in my prayer book is part of the verse when I say, well, you're praying to, for an, uh, a person to become saved because when you have the spirit of wisdom, you have God. Amen. He is wisdom. And when you pray for people to get the understanding and wisdom of who Jesus is, that means salvation. Okay? That's Ephesians 1.17. The spirit of grace you find that in Hebrews 10, 29. It's grace that allow us opportunities to do and have what we can't do in the natural, but it's done by the Spirit. So the stuff, the, the, the challenging things that you're looking for, you depend on the Holy Spirit and he can work it out. And he will work through you. That's called grace. Okay? 
and the spirit of glory, which is 1 Peter 4, 14. Let's, let, let's turn over there for a second. 1 Peter 4, 14. And it says, if you be a reproach for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God resisted upon, rested, I'm sorry, rested upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. So he's, the reproach is that you're trying to minister to people who don't receive it. Who kick it out. Who resist you reject you you think they're not rejecting us right. they're rejecting Jesus and so when you when you are speaking to people like that and they resist you or reject you you need to be happy because if you were speaking their language and you were saying the things that tickle their flesh they would be happy with you but because now you're affecting their souls they're not happy so you need to rejoice because you're coming with the message of Jesus Christ. Okay. And they rejected him. So what makes you think they're going to accept Amen. you Amen. when you come with his message? Amen. 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 He's, so he says, um, but at the end, you will glory, the glory of God be, will be revealed in you. So don't even worry. Don't even worry about it. Because the glory of God is going to be revealed in you. They may speak evil. They may speak evil, but it doesn't matter because God's glory is going to be manifested through you, and that's all that matters. So let them say whatever they're saying. They're hurting them. They can't hurt you. Amen? Amen. Oh, glory. Help me, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. And so the verse that we're in right now uh, in in, uh, Corinthians was the spirit of faith. So, what do that tell you? Without the Holy Spirit, we will fall in sin. And sin will dominate us. Because we have been born again, we have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost to keep us from falling. You have to depend on him and use him once you have invited him in to your heart to live. We need to understand all that the Holy Spirit do so that you can take advantage of this free gift. Without the Holy Spirit, we will fall and we will fall in sin and it will take control and dominate us. But with him, time is precious and is on our side. With him, peace resonate over your turmoil. With the Holy Spirit, joy overrides trouble. With the Holy Spirit, hope leads us to faith. With the Holy Spirit, comfort keeps us. Wisdom directs us. Truth corrects us. Guidance keeps us. Grace empowers us. Adoption saves us. And the glory of God is revealed through us. And in Isaiah it says he will be your rear reward. Every one of these words is another name for the Holy Spirit. 
peace, joy, hope, comfort, wisdom, truth, guidance, grace, and adoption. So when you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, these things are supposed to resonate. The passion and emotions that are an outward expression, expression that cannot be uttered and do justice is what people see who have not surrendered to the Holy Spirit and don't understand when they see other people operating out of passion and their expression. But again, those are things that cannot be uttered and if you utter them, you could not do it any justice. This is why the language is called an unknown language. And the good news is, is that it is a free gift. We take what we don't understand and make it complex and complicated and then just leave it because we don't understand and don't try to get the understanding that we need to have. Okay. There's been so much going on around here during this message. And the intercessors and the ushers, you need to have been praying it down. Because that was a distraction to keep people from getting the truth and becoming free. Do you understand that? It was a distraction from hell. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to close from out of, because I know you probably haven't read it in a couple of days. I know you do. <laughs> I'm going to read Thursday and Friday. I may even read today. I'm going to take my liberties. Y'all took your liberties. <laughs> Glory. Okay, Thursday. When you are praying, that's the title. Matthew 6, 7. You know that's the theme for the prayer seminar, okay? Prayer, make it simple and frequent. Make it simple and frequent. Knowing our tendency to complicate, complicate things, Jesus said, when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. By using the words meaningless repetition, he's teaching us that prayer doesn't have to be long, loud, or labored. And because he said your father knows what you need before you ask him, he's inviting you to find a scripture promise that corresponds to your need and stand on it. Amen. This writer confirms everything I have written in there about this in my, in my syllabus. And he's the only person I've heard say this. Okay, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> glory, glory. He says, um, Charles Swindle, who uses his driving time to pray, writes this. Often, I speak to God out loud. Sometimes I sing to him. Occasionally, the entire prayer would be in my mind. Each time I commit myself to prayer, I notice that God becomes my focus rather than some personal struggle. I received a, 
I'm relieved, I'm sorry, I'm relieved of worry. I'm able to release anything concerning me so that I can become altogether lost in the majesty of his presence and the joy of ministry. When I arrive, I'm excited to do as God pleases. I find myself refreshed, relieved, and ready. My mind is focused. My heart is prepared. My emotions are clear. And whatever was troubling me when I began that that drive, that drive no longer concerns me. My prayer has made that possible. Now I wish I could say I use every commute every day for time and prayer, but like many people, I often forget. My mind will be spinning from one problem to the next, and rather than pray, I churn. At times, I'll be so anxious it doesn't occur to me that I should quit worrying and commencing prayer. Praying, I'm sorry, commence praying. Prayer makes it simple and frequent. Then the other one says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. And that's Philippians 4, 6, which is what we have been talking about in uh, Wednesday's Bible study. We've done that already. Are you worried? Pray about it. He says, if after praying, your emotions are still in turmoil, pray more. Now we could stop right there because most of us will continue in the turmoil because God didn't answer my prayer. And I don't know why he didn't answer my prayer. Okay. (laughs) By cultivating the discipline, the discipline of frequent prayer, you'll discover the ability to remain calm and quiet when you're not getting the answer. As you wait before the Lord, you'll find relief from fear's grip on your spirit. You might be tempted to think your prayer was ineffective or you should somehow you or you somehow fail because your anxiety returned. Perhaps as soon as you said amen, just take persistent anxiety as a signal that you need more time with God. Reviewing all the details of your problem, telling him how much it plagues you, and sometimes even admitting that you're afraid he won't handle it. He won't handle it soon enough. Having a deep, persistent concern for a problem isn't the same as worry. Worry is choosing to fret instead of turning, turning it completely over to God. So if you tend to worry a lot, pray a lot. Pray, Lord, this is your problem to fix. Take, you take control. Let me know what you want me to do if I'm not, and if I'm to be involved in the solution, if I'm to be involved in the solution. By leaving it with you, I consider it solved. At that point, discipline your mind not to worry and not to continue seeking answers or trying to find the solution. You have solved the problem by giving it to God, and your major responsibility now is to wait for his leading. When he wants you to act, he will make it clear. As you wait before him, he will direct your thoughts to the next step you should take. And if there's nothing he leads you to do, do nothing more. He will take it from there. Amen. Amen. It's open for questions and answers. Okay, I'll do the benediction, so if anybody has to leave, then we can do the...
do the uh, questions and answers. Okay, you know what? Because we need we need to be saved. We need saving. Hallelujah, Jesus. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you all the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that your eyes of understanding may be enlightened and that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance to you, the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his own right hand in the heavenly places. Lord, I pray that all principalities and powers that are ruling over your people right now to keep them from seeing the light of Jesus Christ and coming into the knowledge of who you are so that they will be free and liberated from the power of hell. I pray, Lord, that they will be removed immediately in the name of Jesus. I cancel Satan's assignment off of the minds and the hearts of your people right now for them to rise up in the power of Christ, to be healed, to be whole, to be saved, to be delivered in the blood, by the blood, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, that they will leave here change, change delivered and free father in the name of Jesus and I thank you for your divine protection over them your divine intervention into their lives father that they will see a whirlwind to come forth and let them know who you are in this day on this day on this day in this time in Jesus name I pray amen, amen. <laughs>